here is my talk from Seattle, Washington. I'm speaking in Portland, Oregon this Saturday. Two weeks time, I'm doing Vegas and in between maybe Connecticut. I'll be back in Washington State mid-May for a festival that you should all go to. It's called Squatch Fest. S-Q-U-A-T-C-H fest dot site. You should go and check that out because that looks like it's going to be really freaking awesome. There is, of course, Pork Fest this year. And I'm also doing the Mises Caucus event in Pennsylvania with my friend Michael Rechtenwald, Dave Smith, Jeff Deist, tons of good stuff. I've had multiple invites to Phoenix, Arizona and Chicago, so I really want to be able to do those. If you live in the vicinity of any of the places I mentioned, get in touch. I've enjoyed meeting a bunch of you. I'm also pretty much willing to come out and speak if people can help make it happen for me. People pick me up for the airport or give me their spare room. The Mises Caucus in Vegas have actually raised money for a speaker's fee, which is extremely helpful because so far most of this has been funded by people giving me more than the cost of a book, which is nothing. Sometimes I give them away. In Austin, someone gave me $100 for a signed book. I can actually break even without these contributions. But I have to say, it's a great privilege to get to visit all of these famous cities that I'd otherwise only hear about on television. I want to talk a lot more about the amazing coincidences and synchronicities that led to all of this happening and how helpful the libertarian community has been and how it's made me want to encourage everyone to embrace the libertarian community. But you'll find that out when I talk about it in Portland. I'm developing these themes on the road. Stay tuned to hear more about that stuff. This is episode 177 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. A very special thank you to William Ben Leonard for organizing this event, and I hope you enjoy it. Philosophy down, but he also has uh, a lot of background in therapy as well. So he, he understands the human condition and the plight that we're all going through. So I think uh, let's give him a big hand and let's welcome Anthony Samaroff. Yeah. Wow, is that for me? Are you sure you've got the right dude? Hi everyone, it's really good to see you. Uh, I wrote a talk, but I think I'm just going to chuck it out in freestyle because that seems much more fun. Thank you, uh, Miguel. I mean, you've got it going on. Like, I love the look of this event. 60 bucks, did you say? <laughs> Jesus. If you don't go to it for 60 bucks, there's something wrong with you. What, what, what the fuck have you got better to do going on in your life? Seriously, you're libertarians. <laughs> I know what you're like. I'm like you. Very like you. I have to say, well, I'll tell you what happened, right? I, th I, I forgot whether I was giving a libertarian talk or doing my stand-up set. <laughs> stand-up. 
Um, do you know what? I, I left Scotland in October. This is the new talk, not the, the, the one that I'm improvising, not the one that I wrote. Uh, I left Scotland in October um, to go and stay with a girlfriend in Florida. And she'd just come to visit me not long before. And at the end, just as she was leaving, they started closing the bars down again. Um, well, they already had made everything close at 10 p.m. And the weird thing is they'd opened everything up and it was beautiful. They, they, it's not very often sunny in Scotland. It's a little bit like somewhere that you guys might be familiar with. <laughs> I feel like a certain kinship with you weather-wise. So Glasgow, Seattle, from what I've seen, it's all overcast, it's all the same thing. So the sun had come out and because there was limited seating capacity allowed in bars, the bars and restaurants just dragged their chairs and tables out onto the street. And when we were sitting having half pints of cider, do you guys do pints? Yeah. How many laws is that? Jesus, liquid ounces. What kind of a measuring? 16 ounces. 69 says, okay. Who needs Google? You've got Miguel. He needs pretty much fucking everything. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, everyone was happy. And then they mandated the masks. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? Why are they mandating masks? This thing's almost over, isn't it? Why are they mandating masks now? It's just finished. Oh, because they wanted to lock down again and they were giving you a little bit of a taste, just confusing you a little bit. There's a concept in neuro-linguistic programming which is kind of like hypnosis. If you want to take someone into a trance, what you do is you take them down into the trance of that, then you bring them up then you take them in deeper, then you bring them up. Then you can get them really deeply hypnotized. And it's like flirting as well. It's like, you know, you don't want the tension to get too high between you and someone else because it's too much. You can't sustain it. So you go two steps forward, you have a laugh, ah. then you have a little bit of a serious discussion, then, you know, then you're holding hands, then you back off, then your arms around one another, and so on, until you're lovemaking. So it's like, it's almost like a principle that's of the, the way that the human mind is wired up, that they're, they've caught on to and they're exploiting here with this. I met with Tom Woods, someone, <laughs> I met with Tom Woods. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that mic drop. <laughs> in, in Orlando around January um, we went out for something to eat and I was like I can't believe how long Like, I can't believe how everyone is just accepting this and he was like I know it's so much worse than I thought like I thought that people were quite compliant and went along with everything but um it's really bad. 
the way that people are going to... Uh, I, I'm not going to be all doom and gloom. I've got some good things to say as well. Uh, but, like, yeah, I never realised how compliant people really were until... I can't believe that people would tolerate this for a year. Not only that, but in some places they're saying the government should be locking down more and it's been irresponsible. And then you see that there's no data coming into play here because we know, we know that places like Texas and Florida have done about the same as everywhere else. Uh, Tom Woods jokes that, you know, on his podcast he says, there was someone on television who said, I don't know what the big deal about Florida is. Florida's performance was about average. Hello? You didn't say that if they didn't lock down their performance would be about average. You said that tens of thousands of people would be dying. So, if I can rewind back a bit, back to my personal story. So I left in October, and the, the, when my girlfriend was leaving, they locked down more, and then just after I left, they locked down more, and now, if I go back to Scotland, you need a government-approved excuse to leave the country. You can't leave the UK without an excuse. No one seems to notice. No one seems to care. No one's. There's not a, like a huge move. Like I was at a libertarian meetup in Austin the night before last night. And I said that to someone, she was very no-nonsense, she said, oh, your government's keeping people hostage. I was like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, no one has said that to me. So, technically, I can't go home. I'm not willing to go home until I know I can get back out again, because I don't want to be trapped. But... Luckily, home is a bit like, as Trump put it, a shithole country now. So, <laughs> so there's not much attraction to going home. But, so here's the flip side of this, though. I have been to Mexico, Florida, Mexico, Costa Rica, Texas, Auburn, back to Texas, Colorado, with Stefan Kinsella on a skiing holiday. Some of you might know Stefan. We've become very good friends. Back to Texas, then here. Next, I'm going to speak in Portland. Uh, I've been cordially invited to speak in Nevada at the for the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party. Uh, multiple, yeah, multiple, thank you. I appreciate that. Multiple invites to Arizona, Chicago, probably doing pork fest. Now I'm going to see if I can talk someone into getting me in the bill at this thing. So, <laughs> if, if he doesn't put me in the bill, I, re, I would draw all the nice things I said about it only being $60. <laughs> I'll be like, $60, that's a rip-off. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Right. So, the reason why I'm saying that is not to gloat. What I'm saying is, even in a prison yard, 
you've got some freedom over how you engage with the circumstances of your life. And I've managed to, in some way, like, you know, buck the system and do something a bit, um, do something interesting. You, you'll be amazed how cheap an Airbnb you can get these days. Especially because some people are scared to, because of coronavirus lockdown. Well, fuck them, you know, get in, get the room for cheap, right? If you're part of the libertarian community, you go on Facebook and you type my friends in Seattle. I was coming to f visit my friend Steph, who I met in a retreat center in Costa Rica. And I arranged to come and visit. And shortly after she left, I met Eric, my friend Eric. And he picked me up from the airport. I got a nap at his house. I prepared a fucking talk, which I'm not even gonna give. <laughs> Raw dog in it. That's what it's all about. <laughs> if you're willing to improvise, freedom is, begins in the mind. The out, we can't control the outside circumstances. What we have control of over is right here. So we start with this, create a little bit of beauty and harmony in here, and then bring that out into the world. Because the world is like this lake, this toxic, disgusting, putrid lake. <laughs> no, but everyone is, everyone is bringing a glass of water to the lake, and that is the inner condition of your heart, your consciousness, your body. So we have to begin with ourselves and create. I feel like the reason why I've had so much freedom during the lockdown is because I, because I've got, I'm flexible. Um, like I've been doing yoga for the last four years. My body isn't very flexible. It's like, it's like uh, physiotherapy for me. I'm trying to recover from being stiff as a board, but my mind's very flexible. And because my mind's very flexible, I can see opportunities and things. So what I'm saying is, get on Facebook, you say, my, that's, I came out to meet these guys, I wrote my friends in Seattle, I messaged the four people I knew, apart from these guys, in Seattle. William organized this. By the way, like, super. This is a good community. Don't think just because the Mises Caucus people are apparently fighting online with the Prague fags or whatever. Whatever you guys call them. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying there are a bunch of prag bags that are willing to sell out their principles and barbecue their grandma. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe that. Okay. No, no. I, I, it, mostly if you meet these people in person and sit down and have a coffee with them, you're going to shut the fuck up about whatever hostility they've been on. It's only online. It amps everything up until. 11. I'm a really nice person until someone's wrong on the internet. 
<laughs> How dare you be wrong on the internet? There's like seven, seven billion other people who are wrong, but I don't care, it's you. You're the cause of all the pain and suffering in the world. Stop being wrong. So my advice is, before you try and change your mind, check to make sure they have one. Because your time and energy is very precious. If I was, I am unfortunately not in charge of the global elite that rules the world. Because I think I do a good job. I'm Jewish as well, so fucking. I should have my automatic in. That's what I'm told by the alt-right. Someone left a comment on one of my YouTube videos saying, Anthony Samroff is Jewish subversive divide and rule. Um, something like that. It was amazing. It was the best comment I've ever received. Someone, uh, once I was doing a live stream and someone made a comment like, is Anthony Samroff Jewish? And I was like, is what I'm saying true or false? Like, Anyway, sorry. I get sidetracked very easily. It's because every, because I find everything interesting. So if I start talking about something, I can't stop. You know that song by the Rolling Stones, If You Start Me Up? If you start me up, I'll never stop. That's why I so rarely get invited to these events. I'll be talking until 3 a.m. Okay, so sorry, where was I with that? Yeah, so if I was part of the elite that ruled the world, Supposing I was, bracket, bracket, bracket. <laughs> Some people get it. Um, what I would do is I would pay people to be wrong on the internet to get you into arguments so that you wasted all your energy arguing with idiots. If someone's curious, share it. If they're not, Next, because it's like playing rummy, you need to throw away the cards that you don't need so that you can get the ones that you do need. You don't have an unlimited amount of time and energy. So if you want to get invited to speak in all those places that I said, or even if you don't, just find out what you want to contribute, what you're good at, and start bringing that shit forward. Because, you know, someone was very kind the other night uh, and gave me a hundred bucks for one of these. Uh, I'm not saying that you should do that, but you know. <laughs> Some of you bought a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> like six, seven years ago. There must be one of you in here. <laughs> Come on, you're a bunch of geeks. <laughs> I say that with, I say that with uh, warmth and affection because I wouldn't be here if I wasn't one. So, but he wasn't really giving me it for the book. Obviously, it was for appearances and podcasts and everything. Like, so because I put my energy in, people are are so where what what can you do that's positive? Like, you know, Miguel, I think, is giving an awesome example of that. Williams giving you guys everything. I know you you all have something that you know that you're uniquely suited to and maybe you're just have a reservation or something like that. 
So if you do have a reservation, then speak to someone else in the group that you get along with, because maybe they have something they've got a reservation about as well. Maybe you can meet together on the weekend and um, both work on the thing that you've got a reservation about working on in the same room. And uh, so it was sad coming to um, Seattle because I've, been, I've spent time in Texas and Florida and I'd never seen anywhere where so many places were shot since I was in Scotland in October. So just make sure that the world going cold and thick, <laughs> it's pretty cold up here compared to Houston, and think shutting down doesn't make you shut down. Now's the time to open up. Open up, open up, open up, open up. Just look around you and see who might need a little bit of your presence in your in their light to help them hope. Because you can shine a little bit of a light and one one candle can light a zillion candles. So the more, the more they lock down, the more we're going to open up. Thanks very much. Just, just one thing. Usually what I do, if you want a book, is like I like to sit down and find out about people. So like, come and sit down, want to know what you do, where you live what your hobbies are, because when I sign them out, I always try and write something about you, like not just, thank you very much for coming, Anthony, so uh, come and sit beside me so I can get to know each of you for a few minutes at least. Uh, thanks so much for coming, it really means a lot to me, I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I wrote this book. It's actually more relevant than ever now because you guys, some people have been basically mailed out a check by the government. Um, I hear. I don't mind that as long as I'm the one getting the check. But when everyone gets the check, then the money becomes like toilet paper. So this book... I, was, I think it's the only book that does a full critical analysis of the universal basic income concept. It's a great book to give a lefty friend. The reason why is a third of the book is dedicated to libertarian approaches to abolishing poverty. And you can't beat something with nothing. So we can't just go around saying, oh, we're not for this, we're not for that, we're not. Like, this actually gives you a platform, like, stuff to talk about. Actually, I forgot to talk about it, but um, the, the last... I was going to mention, even in my revised talk, the, the last essay was not in the original version of the book. This one, uh, <laughs> UBI, Utopian Dream or Dystopian Nightmare. I'm really proud of that essay. So if you buy the book and just read one essay, read the last one. Um, but it's more relevant than ever now with the idea of a vaccine passport with the UBI 
what, if you don't get your vaccine, that's fine, but we're just not going to give you your UBI. That's kind of what that essay was about. Oh, UBI is going to be a utopia where everyone's free to just follow their passions and do what they want. Maybe at first, but then you look at the Chinese social credit system. Oh, if you don't do that, then we're going to take 20% off your UBI. Oh, you threw your cigarette butt in the park. We're going to dock your UBI. Oh, you've got an unpopular opinion on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You know, so we're going to... Now that this is like basically communism by the back door, it's the yeah. supplantation of the market economy with a government handout. Oh, you're volunteering for the right organization. We're going to increase your UBI. Did anyone read the book We the Living by Ayn Rand? Anyone read We the Living? That's a beautiful novel. Probably her most best from beginning to end. The other ones have better individual scenes in it, but as a, it shows the gradual slides of the Soviet Union into tyranny, and it is like, you know, one day people have mildew on their bread and they're very unhappy about it. A few chapters later, they're just used to it, right? One moment you own your house, the next moment the government says, well, you've got a spare room, we're just going to move a party member. She's a really great advocate for the party. So we're going to move her into your spare room and now you need to share your house because there's no private property. So, yeah, if you, if you, if you, if you read one book this year, read Universal Basic Income by Anthony Samuel. If you read... If you read two books this year, We the Living by Ayn Rand, it's very potent at this time. And then after that, anything by Miguel or William, I'm sure is <laughs> top notch. Miguel, yeah, you wrote a book? I read your memes all Anyway, you've been so, such a wonderful audience. Thank you. I really appreciate the attention. And I felt like you were with me the whole time so that really meant a lot thank you okay everybody thanks for coming out uh we have this weird l-shaped room for another two hours so we can do whatever we want or you can go bowling or whatever so yeah dance party so thanks a lot guys Someone can step beside me. Come and get a book.